Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Praise Jesus. Welcome to Reaching the Masses Media Ministry, Saturday morning, live with Jesus. I am your host, Evangelist Portia MacIver. Hallelujah, along with the beautiful sister Stephanie Pritchett. Hallelujah. 
hallelujah. We welcome you all on whatever platform you're on, whatever nation you represent today, amen, whatever branch of military you represent today, whether you're on Blog Talk, Periscope, YouTube, Facebook, or Facebook fan page, or any of the various podcast that you're going to hear. Hallelujah. We welcome you, welcome you, welcome you. Today we're coming, hallelujah, from our teaching from last week, a continuation of it. Now we're not going to, we don't know how long it's going to go on, but I'm going to pull it out and I'm going to peel it like an onion, amen, so that you can understand it. But first, let us go before the throne of grace. Amen. Oh, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for a Saturday morning, hallelujah, that you have blessed us to wake up and see. We thank you that we have never seen. Thank you knowing that we have never seen this day and will never see it again. So we want to make full use of it for your glory, Father, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Lord, use us as your vessels. Your word, our mouth, hallelujah. Put your words in our mouth. Teach them through us, our these vessels, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Bless every listening ear, Lord, on this live audio, hallelujah. And, Lord, even on the archive, bless them. We send a blessing on the archive, hallelujah, to each and every ear that hears. Blessing their homes, hallelujah, their families. Let all of these teachings carry a blessing, because they are your words, not mine. Hallelujah. They are alive, and in them is life, and life more abundantly. Hallelujah. And each home that listens to them, give them life, and that more abundantly. We thank you, Father, and we glorify your name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, thank, thank you, thanks for coming out this morning. Hallelujah. It's 11, <clears throat> about 11.07 here, I think, and uh, cold and clear. Amen? Hallelujah. But we thank God for this Saturday morning. Hallelujah. Hope you all are alive and awake. Amen? Well, of course you're alive, but I hope you are lively and awake and ready to hear what thus says the Lord about his ecclesia. Amen. Now, we left off last week in the garden with Adam and God giving him dominion over the garden that God had planted in the east. Amen. We will recap just a little. Remember, God made Adam from the dust outside the garden before he planted the garden. So Adam ended up being a wilderness man. He knew nothing about beauty or anything like that because he wasn't raised up with it. The Bible says he formed him of the dust of the earth. That's all that was outside of the garden, the dust of the earth. But God chose to form man from the dust of the earth in his likeness and in his image. He made man. Then he blew in man's nostril, and man became a living soul. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Man was already a spirit, but man needed a body to live in this earth. So when he blew into the nostril of man, man became a living soul. In other words, God blew himself into man, into that body. Part of himself, the Ruach, the breath of God. And he caused man's soul to live. Amen. Your personality, your will, what makes you you. Amen. That lives. When God comes in, your soul will live. Amen. When you die, your spirit goes back to God. And your soul, if your soul is saved. We're not doing a teaching on the soul today. Amen. We'll do that at another time. But your soul also goes back. Amen. When your spirit goes back. But if you're not saved, their breath goes back to God. But their soul goes to hell. Another teaching for another time. I just want to put that little bit in there. Amen. To let you understand. Anyway, when God created him and he formed a body for him to live on this earth. Earth is a material place, amen. It's made of things that are solid, amen. And man could not live here as a spirit because a spirit can walk through walls, walk through whatever is here, you know. So God made him a body so that that spirit and that soul could live in. And then he breathed into the nostril of man and man became alive. He became a living soul. Amen. Hallelujah. Then he turned around and put him in the garden. And when he put him in the garden, he gave him tasks. He put him to work. Amen. Over everything that God put in the, in the garden. Go look in Genesis 1 and he'll tell you everything that he put in the garden. About the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, and the animals. The earth, every, every animal that you see on the earth was in the Garden of Eden. And then more, because some of them, the people killed and whatever, and there were no more of them. Amen? Hallelujah. And I could go back to Noah, but we're not going down that road today. Because Noah took in some animals, but he didn't take in all of them. Amen? Anyway, like I said, and I always say that's another story for another time, but... He gave Adam rulership over all the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, the, the, the creeping things, the other animals, the cows, the bullocks, the moose, and the dogs, and the cats, and every animal that dwelt on earth. He gave Adam rulership or authority over them. Amen. Hallelujah. Then he turned around and gave him dominion over the earth or governorship over the earth. Adam, I made a mistake last night. I said he made Adam king over the earth, but he didn't. He made Adam governor over the earth. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and they that dwell therein. He didn't give Adam kingship over the earth. He gave Adam governorship over the earth. He was to have domain. A governor has domain. Amen. He doesn't own it. He just has domain. He says 
when God looked and he saw that everybody had a mate, but Adam, he told them to be fruitful and multiply and have dominion. Amen. Adam couldn't. You can't be fruitful and multiply with yourself. Amen. So he said it's not good that man should be alone. So he put Adam to sleep in the garden and took a rib from him, the Bible says, and formed woman from the dust of the earth inside of the garden. <laughs> now, I'm not going to, I would like to go down that road, but we're going on because that would be kind of going off, as I always say, down a rabbit hole. But you understand why women are so soft and cuddly and beautiful. She was formed among the flowers and among the trees and among fertilized earth. Amen. Now, we don't know how long it took him to decide to make a mate for Adam. It could have been thousands upon thousands upon millions of years. We don't know. It has not fully been determined how old the earth is, but we know it's old. Amen. I don't mean from Jesus to now. The earth is more than 2,000 years old. Amen. Hallelujah. And the Bible does not state how long Adam lived, even after he formed him of the dust of the earth outside the garden. It did not say how long it took him to form the garden eastward to put Adam in it. That is not given in the Bible. Adam could have been in the wilderness for a long time, amen? Hallelujah. But it does not give a date or a time. So we're just going to read, as the Bible says, just one thing and then another thing without knowing the chronological time that it took these things to happen. But we do know that he did put Adam to sleep inside the garden. Now, he placed him in the garden, and he made woman from Adam's rib. Amen? After Adam had did all that he said to do, and he took dominion, notice, men, he gave Adam a job first before he gave him a wife. Hmm. The natural order of things. Amen? He gave that man a wife. Amen? That came from his side. Which means that that woman was part of him. Blood of his blood and flesh of his flesh. No, she was not his sister. Because they didn't come from the same seed. She came out of him. Amen? She was part of him. That's what happens when you get married and you become one the Bible said that's a mystery. But if you go on and look down through it and continue to study the Bible, you understand why it's a mystery. She was his DNA. She had his DNA. Adam had God's DNA. And Eve had Adam's DNA. Yet and still, she was not his sister because she came from a rib. Amen? Wow. We're not going to do a marriage class today. I can tell you something about that, because I understand it. The Lord showed it to me years ago. Hallelujah. But just know that God formed woman of Adam's rib, and now Adam had a mate. Now Adam could multiply.
multiply. Amen? Hallelujah. But they didn't do it right then. They didn't do it until, well, they didn't multiply until after they left the garden. But in the garden, they were able to enjoy everything. Can you imagine Adam waking up and there was Eve? He was even allowed to name Eve. And he called her woman. Or like some of the preachers say, whoa, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know whether that's really right or not. But he called her woman. The Bible says he called her woman. Man with the womb. Amen. Hallelujah. That's the only way it should be. That one that comes from your side, man with the womb. Amen. Hallelujah. That's woman. That's what Adam, he named everything in the garden. So why not name this creature that came from him? He named her woman. Now she didn't get the name Eve until after she came out of the garden, after they fell. Anyway, we're going to go on with that. I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to preach. I'm just here to teach today. Amen. After he formed woman from man, from man's ribs, and formed her from the soil that was inside the garden among the beautiful flowers and trees and herbs, man saw her and he called her woman, man with the womb. Amen? Because she was to be the mother of all creation, all human creation. That's what she was made for. She was made with a womb. Man does not have a womb. Amen? But... God has given Adam dominion over the earth, and I see nothing where God told Eve. Hallelujah. The same rule that he gave Adam. It didn't say that. It said that he taught them both. It said that he dwelt with them, he walked with them in a garden in the cool of the day. Amen. And But Eve was curious, <laughs> like most women. So she's walking through the garden. You know, God is gone, and yet his presence is still there. But Eve is walking through the garden. And, you know, God had given them a law, had given them a rule. He said, of every herb and every fruit of the garden you shall eat. But the fruit of the trees in the midst of the garden, you shall not eat. One was the tree of life, and the other one was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he gave them both instructions. Mm-hmm. On that, people always say, Eve didn't know. Yes, she did. Read your Bible. He gave them both that rule and told them not to eat of them two trees. And, of course, that piqued the curiosity in woman. It don't seem that it piqued the curiosity in Adam, but it did pique a curiosity in woman. Amen? And she passed that tree. We don't know how long she lived either, because they were not made to die. They walked in the garden, hallelujah, of Eden, where God had put them at, and they walked in God's glory. God's glory was so heavy on them that they saw one another. 
but they did not realize that they were naked because his glory was so heavy on them that they could not see those parts of one another. It was not time yet. God every does everything in his time. Amen. He wanted to teach them first. Amen. He had taught them how to tend the garden and how to have domain in the garden. But he had so much more for them when he told them not to eat of those two trees in the midst of the garden. It doesn't say that either one of them asked them, well, why is that? They didn't ask any questions. They were innocent. They did not know. But then Eve starts thinking. And she walked past the tree. And I can imagine she would look at it. And then she would go on, well, God said not to eat it, so I'm not going to bother. But on this particular day, here comes Slick Sam, as I call him, walking sideways. Yes, yeah, snakes in the garden in those days walk, from what I'm told. If you look at a snake under the bottom of him or somewhere on the side of him, there are little stubs, they say, where there were once legs. I don't know. I was not in the garden of Eden. I'm just going for scientists say. Amen. But here comes Satan in the garden. All slick and sly, like Bible says, subtle or subtile, whichever way you want to pronounce it. Sneakily. Being sneaky. Uh-huh. Whenever you see something like this, walk inside with hey, baby, you better run. Rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Get out of his way. Don't listen to nothing it say. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, that's not what the devil said. But he came in a way that appealed to Eve. Uh-huh. And he said, has not God said? And instantly, lies started flying. And he told Eve, you know what? No, it ain't it. Sister, let me tell you. He don't want you to eat it. Now, I'm paraphrasing. Not changing the words. I'm paraphrasing. He told him, no. He said, no, God don't want you to know what he knows. That's why it's called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He doesn't want you to have the knowledge that he has. He wants you to remain under him. He doesn't want you as smart as he is. And Eve hears. And the tree looked good. It was a beautiful tree. Do you ever wonder why he didn't go to the tree of life and try to trick her into eating the tree of life? That's because she was innocent. And if she ate of the tree of life, then she would live forever. But she didn't. He wanted her to eat of the knowledge of good and evil. Think about it. Good and evil. What is Satan? He is evil. He's the personification of evil. So he wanted her to be like him. See, he had a plan, too. Just like God has a plan, the enemy had a plan. Amen. He's been around for a long time. Amen. Hallelujah. His trickery has not changed. He thought that he knew more than God did, always thought he did. But he's a liar because the Bible says he's the father of lies and the truth is not in him. Amen. 
So he calls himself gone. Tricky Eve calls her to eat up the fruit. And can you imagine his eyes all big? Hallelujah with ooh anticipation when he knew that she was listening to him and she took up that fruit off of that tree. She looked at it and the Bible said it looked like it was good. A fruit that was fit for eating. And she looked at it, she turned it around and there were no flaws in it. It didn't do anything to her hand. It was a piece of fruit. But the moment she took it and bit into it, can you imagine Satan clapping, Woo! Woo! Yeah! She did it! But not only did she do it, then she took it and gave it to her husband. He asked no question, and he bit it. And their eyes came open, the Bible says. And when their eyes came open, they saw that they were naked. The glory left them. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God left the building. And they stood there naked, ashamed. And Satan was happy. He was doing his little Satan dance off on the side. Amen. Because he knew he had won. He knew that now he had dominion over the earth. Which is why he came in in the first place. Because he wanted it. Because he felt the earth was supposed to be here. He was God's head honcho with all of the diamonds and the rubies and the pearls and the gold in his body. When he walked, music sounded from his being. Until God kicked him out of heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. And then he being who he is, into the serpent. And through the serpent, he beguiled Eve. And Adam was not beguiled. He just did what Eve said. Amen. I guess Eve was so beautiful, she could have said, Adam, get out on me and eat soil. He probably would have did it, you know. But she, the Bible says she ate, and then she gave it to her husband with her. And he, he did eat. Instead of rebuking that thing, instead of choking that, be- well, I can't say the bejesus because Jesus won't in him. He just went on and ate the fruit. He heard, in order for her to turn and give it to him, he had to have heard this, the, the serpent while she heard it. But he asked him no questions. And Satan cut a jig up in that garden because he knew now he had dominion over this beautiful place. But we know that it wouldn't remain beautiful very long because he was in it and he is full of destruction. But they went and they got fig leaves to hide themselves. Amen. Because they found out that either each other was naked, the glory of God had left the garden. And they stood there naked with their sins showing. Amen. When God came walking through the garden, they were hiding. And he's looking for them, and he said, Adam, where are thou? And Adam came forth covered with leaves. Can you imagine God saying, hey, what is this all about? He did ask him. And Adam said, that woman that thou givest me. She told me to eat, and I did eat. 
Well, that's not what the Bible says. It says she gave to her husband. She didn't say a word to him. She gave, she bit, she gave to him, and he bit. So he lied. Amen. That was a bunch of mess in that garden that day. Amen. Lies and innuendos and trickery and, uh, yeah. Disobedience. Then he went to Eve, and Eve put it on Satan, on the serpent, and said, the serpent in the garden told me to eat, and I did eat. Then he went to the serpent, who was Satan manifested in that serpent's body, and he cursed him and told him, on on your belly you will go, and that's the way you will be for life. You will eat the dust. Hallelujah. And then he pronounced other things on the serpent and on Adam and Eve. Long story short, he got them out of the garden. At least, the Bible says, they would have eaten of the tree of life and been in their sins forever. That tree of life was what, gonna, was what was going to give them eternal life. They were to eat of it, but not at that time. And now that they took of the garden, of the tree, of the knowledge of good and evil, then they couldn't eat of it because they would have been in their sins forever, not being able to die. So he got angels and he kicked them out of the garden. He pulled them out of that garden. Amen. The angels guarded them out of there. And then he put an angel at all of the gates with flaming swords. Of course, he had already kicked Satan out. Amen? So they could not get back into the Garden of Eden. Now, the outside of that garden was strange to Eve. She had never seen the outside of the garden. She was not made on the outside of the garden, but it was nothing new to Adam. Adam was made out there. We don't know how long he had stayed out there before, but he was made on the outside of the Garden of Eden before God created the Garden of Eden. So the Bible pronounced on them that Eve was to have children and she was going to bear them in pain. We know the story. And Eve and Adam was to tend the garden and, and that the earth would not bring forth fruit for him like it did in the garden. In the garden, hallelujah, things came up one by one by one, beautiful lust, and it was watered from the underside of the earth. It had not rained, amen, until Noah. But it had not rained, so they had to worry about that. It was water from the dew of the earth in the early morning, and it was lush and beautiful. He had to tend it, but there was nothing that said he had to replant it. Amen? But now he's got to, what was in that? he got to replant it. he got to make food for it. he got to plant stuff, till that soil, and it was hard. That was wilderness stuff. It had no nutrients. It had nothing. But he had to find a way to make the plant grow. He had to find a way, hallelujah, to feed himself and Eve. Amen. That was a hard task on Adam. And for Eve to bear children in pain. But the Bible says, but she would still love her husband. Amen. She, It was put in her. Well, it didn't say love her husband. But she would still respect her husband. Because he was the one who was going to feed her. He didn't tell her to plant. He told Adam to. And he said that because of their sin, then the earth was cursed.
uh, between Adam and Eve and Moses, man lived lawless. Man was a trip. Sin reigned during that time. Oh, my God, it was terrible during those times. Amen? Now, we're going to go step back one more time into the garden. Well, on the outside of the Garden of Eden, where when God found out what they had did, blood had to be shared or shed because sin had been committed. The Bible says, the scripture in the Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission or forgiving, forgiving or covering of sin. Amen. An animal had to die. He didn't just kill it because he had to um, have blood, but they had to have clothes. Amen. So the first animal died, and he made clothes to cover their bodies. Hallelujah. Thus, the first shedding of blood, the remission of the covering of the first sin. Hallelujah. But let us jump forward. Like I already said, I told you about how it was between Adam and Eve and between Moses. And when he called Moses, Moses, I told you in one of the teachings that night, Went up in the mountain, God gave him commandments for the people to live by because they were living willy-nilly, doing all manner of evil, not knowing what to do because they had no God there to teach them. Yet God still existed, but his presence was not with them. He would speak to certain men, certain prophets, amen, but they would end up killing them. Mm. And we're going to go to the scripture in a moment. So, Stephanie, how much time have I forgot? Okay, she said, I'm good. But between the time of Adam and Moses, men and women lived all kinds of ways. Everybody formed their own law, and that's what they lived by. Amen? Because they had no guidance. And when God would send a prophet there, they would kill him each time. They would kill him. He would prophesy to them because he was the go-between between God and man, because man could no longer hear God, because his glory had left the earth. Amen? They were separated from God by sin. So he was sent. There was always somebody. You know God always had a ram in the bush. There was always somebody that would hear God, and God would use them to go and tell his people. Because remember, Adam and Eve had children, and they multiplied, and their children uh, except one, that was Abel. Abel was killed by Cain. And then they had other children, Seth and the others, you know, men, men and women. Hallelujah. So there were other people on the earth. But when it came down from generation to generation, then from Adam to Moses, God called Moses because they were not listening to the prophets. They were not listening to those who would hearken their ear unto the Lord. They ended up killing them. Many prophets died in those days. Amen. Hallelujah. They almost killed Moses. Moses was a prophet. He was a deliverer, but he was a prophet too. Yeah, we're getting to the Ecclesiastes. I'm trying to show you something. Amen. Hallelujah. I may not even finish it today, but now we're back at Moses again. Amen. And we don't that Moses was given the Ten Commandments. And then Moses had to make up 613 laws. 
for the people to live by after they were uh, let loose by Pharaoh in the garden. They were out in the desert for 40 years. Amen? Hallelujah. But then, hallelujah, they had to follow those laws. And those laws were next to impossible to follow. They had to kill bullocks and doves and goats and cows, but they all had to be spotless. Aha! Listen to that. They all had to be spotless, pure. Amen? Hallelujah. That was pointing to what God was about to do. Think about it. Spotless, pure, no sin. There's only one person that we can put those claims on, and his name is Jesus. But all of that was pointing to when God was going to send his son through a virgin on this earth. Because the first Adam had messed up, but he was getting ready to send his only begotten son to this earth. Amen? Hallelujah. I remember a story that said he looked around and he tried to find one to sin. It had to be someone without sin who could redeem man because he was not going to let the enemy win this one. So he had to look around on the earth to see if he could find one that was clean enough to redeem man. Amen. Hallelujah. Couldn't find a man to do that. So he said, I will use this lady, this young lady, Mary, and I will send my seed, hallelujah, to enter her womb, and I will form a body, hallelujah. Mm. And that's what happened. The Bible says the angels came to Mary, and they told her what was going to happen. And told her how it was going to happen. Say, the Holy Ghost shall overshadow you. Who is the Holy Ghost? The Spirit of God. Amen. And it overshadowed her. Hallelujah. Formed itself a body. And it had been already prophesied that his name would be, that they would call him, not that his name would be, that they would call him Emmanuel because he would save his people. Listen to that. His people from their sins. Amen. Hallelujah. So he went to Mary, the angel went to Mary rather, and she said, Be it unto me as thou hast said. Because her first question was, How shall this be when I have never known a man? And the angel told her what was going to happen. And she said, Be it unto me. In other words, she was a willing vessel. Amen. Just like Adam and Eve was a willing vessel to Satan in the garden, Mary was a willing vessel to God on earth. So she conceived when the Holy Ghost overshadowed her. That baby did not have Mary's DNA because the DNA does not come from the woman. The DNA comes from the Father. Who was the Father? The King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. Hallelujah, the blood in that baby's body did not come from Joseph because Joseph had not touched her. Even though she was espoused, engaged to Joseph, Joseph had never touched her. And it troubled him when he came, when she came to him and told him 
that she was pregnant, and they had not even gotten married yet. But we know the story. God came to him in a dream and sent an angel, hallelujah, and told him what was what, and Joseph accepted, went on and married Mary, and he never touched her until after she had Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. There's a witness. Hallelujah. She, he never touched Mary until after she had Jesus. Mm. So there's no mistaking that that was God's son, not Joseph's son. Amen. Even though some Jews call him, um, oh, my God, I can't think of it right now. But they think that he was Joseph's son, the carpenter's son. That's what they called him in those days. But no, he was not the carpenter's son. He was the son of God. Amen. Hallelujah. But God had to do that in order to redeem the earth back to man. Amen. The Bible says Satan is a god of this world. God, little g. But who, thank you, Jesus, Elohim. God Almighty is King of King and Lord of Lords. Who sent his son? Hallelujah. Who took on flesh? Oh my God, how can I explain that, Lord? I'm trying to kind of cut corners here so I can get this thing out. But Mary had Jesus. Amen. She was a virgin. She had Jesus, who was the only begotten Son of God. Amen. Hallelujah. It was the Holy Ghost who overshadowed her. Amen. Who impregnated her. Amen. So therefore, he had the DNA of God because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. Amen. Hallelujah. When Mary conceived in her womb this child, hallelujah, who was king of this world. Amen. I explained to you, no, I know I didn't. Well, we'll do that later. He was the king of this world. See, God is the kingdom of heaven. But when he came in flesh form on this earth, and he became his own only begotten son, then he became king of this world. Yeah, I know some of y'all say, oh, this is a bunch of bull. No, it's not. If you continue to listen, I'll show you what is what. Continue to listen to the whole series, and you understand it'll be made plain to you. But maybe we know the story how Murray had Jesus, and Jesus grew up and he preached on this earth. And he taught us a whole lot of things, you know. You go in your Bible, you see the red letter version, that's Jesus talking, amen. Hallelujah. He moved on people like David, hallelujah, who wrote the Psalms and all that kind of stuff before he got here. But when Jesus came and he was born on this earth and he taught the disciples, and the disciples were taught because God was getting ready to take his kingdom back. He placed his son here as king on this earth. When they sang Handel's Messiah, hallelujah, say king of king and lord of lords, yes, they were talking about God because God is king of kings. What king? Jesus. He is the king of Jesus who he placed as king over this earth to redeem this earth back from the crook called Satan that stole it. Amen. To redeem back the authority that Satan had so called when Adam and Eve 
gave up their dominion. They gave up the authority. They gave up the earth which they had been placed over. And Satan took it, laughed, and went on. Mm -hmm. But God sent Jesus to win it back. How could he win it back? Well, the earth had to be redeemed. Man had to be redeemed. What did I say earlier? It takes flesh to redeem flesh. God himself could not step down here as spirit. He had to step down here as flesh. In a fleshly body. They say he was 100% God and 100% man. That's what Jesus was. Amen. Hallelujah. He came to redeem this earth back. To take it back. But the only way he could do it was that he had to shed blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no redemption of sin. Amen. Hallelujah. And this earth ooh, needed a redemption, y'all. It had to be brought back. It did not belong to Satan. Satan stole it because Adam and Eve was innocent. They did not know. And in case you have a question about whether Adam and Eve went to heaven or not, yeah, they did. They were in paradise. And they went to heaven. How do I know? Because blood was shed for their redemption. In the garden, outside the garden, rather, blood was shed for their redemption. And it covered their sin. It covered them. Amen. Hallelujah. But we're not going down that road. But when Jesus allowed them to hang him on that cross, he talked to the disciples while he was here. We're not going through that whole thing. We'll do that for Easter. Amen. Hallelujah. But when he allowed them to hang him on that cross, he knew what he was doing. We often wonder, well, Lord, why did you do that? You could have killed them. But no, he had to do it. He did it in love. If he could have came down, he would not have. He was here to win his earth back. Amen? To win back his children those who were made in his likeness and his image, because Satan stole it all. People were beginning to worship Satan because he is the God of this world, but God with a little g, amen? They didn't know any better. So God came back to win back what Satan had stolen. And when he hung, bled, and died on that cross, and when he went from judgment hall to judgment hall, shedding blood, they whipped him. Hallelujah. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They slapped him to the point where blood flew from his mouth. Hallelujah. The shedding of blood. Without it, where there is no remission of sin. There was blood shed all along the way. Then when they nailed him on that cross and the blood came streaming down. Then at the end, after he had gave up the ghost, hallelujah. And they pierced him in the side. Blood and water ran out. Fill more blood. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus knew what he was doing. God knew what he was doing. Without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sin. When he shed that blood, hallelujah, that made a way for us to come back into the kingdom that he had created. Hallelujah. To be able to have dominion again over this earth. Hallelujah. But you first have to accept Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. Amen. When he 
hung on that cross and gave up the ghost. Hallelujah. Mm, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Man didn't kill him. Satan didn't kill him. He gave up the ghost. He left that body. He said, it is finished. He hung his head in the lock of his shoulder and said, it is finished. In other words, I did what I got to do. Now I got a little bit more to do. And we know about him going out of hell. He rose on the third day and got up and proclaimed all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And then, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Ooh, it was done. He rose on that third day. Yeah, they hung him on that cross. He went down to hell. Satan had a heart attack because he thought he had gotten rid of him. But he took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. So Satan had no more power over us. Amen. God took all the power. Then he went into paradise. Explain that during Easter, y'all. I will, I promise. He went into paradise and preached to all of the souls that were captured in there. Hallelujah. He let them loose. They rose. Then he came back up and preached for 40 days to his disciples. And they saw him walk through walls. And they saw the scars in his hand and his feet. Amen. He left them there to prove that he is who he says he is. He's in heaven right now with those scars in his hand and his feet. He let them stay there so that when we see him, we would recognize him. He let them stay there because when Thomas saw him, hallelujah, Thomas would recognize him because he stood there and saw them nail him to that cross. And when they pierced his side, they said when Thomas came and he said, they told him that Jesus was there, he said, I will not believe it unless I thirst my hand in his side and I see the nail prints in his hand and feet. And when he came in and he saw Jesus, he said, My Lord and my God and Father, hallelujah. So he knew it was Jesus. When we see him, when, oh, hallelujah, he come back for the second time. I'm not talking about in the rapture when he's going to meet us in the air. Hallelujah. We already know who he is. So when we see him, we will recognize him. Hallelujah. But when he comes back for those who don't get saved, for those who are not heirs of Christ, hallelujah, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, hallelujah, to those who are not saved, sealed, and delivered, hallelujah, to those that will not accept the redemption that he bought for us by the shedding of his blood, then they will see him and they will bow. Because the Bible says, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. When they see him coming for the second time, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. But when he rose and said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And he was on earth. And he preached for 40 more days. He had more to tell them, and he breathed on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. When he did that, guess what? They got the power. They got the dominion back. Satan couldn't touch them. The Bible tells you that after he left this earth, that they continued to preach the gospel of the kingdom. He did not tell you to preach anything else but the gospel of the kingdom. Amen? 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. Whose righteousness? The righteousness of God. The righteousness of Jesus. Amen. And all these other things will be added unto you. Amen. The reason why all the things have been not have not been added unto you. He's not my, not talking about clothes or a car or houses. He's talking about the dominion and the authority and the power that you have. Amen. He is saying you have a mistaken identity. You think you're just man. But when my spirit comes in to live with you, you become a new creature. Behold, all things are passed away, and all things become new. You have dominion again. You have power again. You have authority again over this earth. Amen. And you can speak. Hallelujah. And it shall be. See, you don't get what you got. Amen. I wish you would all go to Miles Monroe and find on YouTube his teaching on the kingdom, and you'll find out a whole lot more. Sister Stephanie, how much time have we got? Okay. I'm going to end here, and I'll be back next week with more. But for right now, we're going to go into our prayer list because I forgot that earlier, y'all, and I don't want to forget that. So we're going to bring on Sister Stephanie, but remember what we left off at. We're going to come back to you explaining what power you have, amen, what dominion really means. See, we don't know what a kingdom is. I'm going to explain to you next week what a kingdom really is and why he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all these other things. He's not talking about your cars, your clothes, your food. He's talking about what he gave you back, amen, what Adam and Eve had in law. But we're going to bring Sister Stephanie on with our um, prayer list. Good morning. I have to update this as of today, November 2nd. Uh, we have the Clark and Cook family, Tia Cook, Edna Clark, Lynn Owens, Keith Cavey, Mr. Monica Bass, Richard Robinson, Emory Holmes, Diane Holmes, Remy Holmes, Russ Wagner, Diane Wagner, and their granddaughter Abby, also keep their ministry in your prayers. Omega Kingdom Ministry. You can look them up on um look their website yeah. Website up at Omega Kingdom Ministry dot org. Um, also too we have um Lennon, that's Abby um Ann's um, brother comes from our class, uh Lewis Stokes, Elliot Stokes. Also, another one of our classmates, Jeff, his um, friend that he's helping, Eric. And also, another one of our classmates, Robert, his daughter, Abby, and granddaughter, Mackenzie. Amen. That's our prayer list for today. I thank you for coming out this morning to our Saturday morning live services. Hallelujah. And we invite you back tonight at 7 p.m. for our scripture and prayer. But be sure and also be here tomorrow for our Sunday morning services um, at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. But we will be back with this teaching next Saturday. I decided to do it on Saturday morning 
Because I know a lot of people may not have a lot to do on Saturday morning. But we will be back with part three of Ecclesia and what is it. Amen. But we have no idea. We have Satan has fooled us. He has bamboozled us because he does not know. He does not want you to know, rather, who you are. Amen. And it's time for the sons of God to be manifested. The earth is waiting for us, y'all. We are part of the remnant, or rather, we are the remnant of the remnant. Amen. In each age, God lets loose something else. It's time for the ecclesia to stand up. I'll be back next week because I'm not finished. Because there is more for us to dive into, more for us to know. But by all means, like I said, go look for Miles Monroe because my teacher was taught by Miles Monroe, and God has told him to continue it. And hallelujah, he has many of us who are teaching this now. Amen. Hallelujah. No, it's not Miles Monroe that is the head. It's God who's the head. Amen. But you need to know what Jesus won back for you. Amen. And why there had to be the shedding of the blood of the Son of God. Amen. Hallelujah. We will see you here next week, same time, same station. Hallelujah. And I'm going to see if I can do something. I told you about being able to watch something, but I need to find out the legal ramifications of it because I don't want want to break any copyright rules or anything like that. But anyway, we will see you next Saturday with this teaching. And don't forget tonight, our nightly scripture and prayer. Hallelujah. And tomorrow, Sunday services, 12 noon. Amen. This is Evangelist Portia McIver and Sister Stephanie Pritchett from Reaching the Masses Media Ministry saying, have a wonderful day. Let us have closing prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this day. Ooh, we thank you for this second episode, Lord, of what is the Ecclesia. Hallelujah. Teaching them what is the Ecclesia and what is your kingdom. But, Lord, we're in a republic. We don't understand a kingdom. But, hallelujah, you are the king of kings and lord of lords, Lord. There is so much for us to learn. Hallelujah, you said we are new creatures. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. But a lot of us didn't know that, Lord. We were still walking in the old ways. But it's time for us to wake up because it's time for the ecclesia to rise. Too much stuff is going on in this world. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you and we glorify your name. We ask you to bless every listening ear. Hallelujah. Whether on live audio today, on our podcast, or on the audio in the archives, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you for each and every one of them. Special blessing, Lord. Camp your angels all around and keep them safe. Guide our footsteps today. Let us have a good day. Hallelujah. Whoo! Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Hallelujah. Our affirmation today, by faith in the name of Jesus, God's favor surrounds us every day, 24-7. Amen. God's blessings surround us every day. His healing power surrounds us every day. We are the children of a living God, of a living King, which makes us royalty. In the name of Jesus, we pray, and we thank God. 
because he said nothing by any means shall harm us. We're getting to know the power that we have in the name of Jesus, which means, hallelujah, he's soon to come, y'all. He is soon to come. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. To you, hallelujah. Tonight, if you have time, or tomorrow, hallelujah. But if you have a church, go there. You can always reach us on the archives. Amen. Hallelujah. We love you, but God loves you more. And if you have not given your life to Christ, listen to us. Maybe you will then. You need to know the power that you have. Amen. Because we, as the saints of God, got to take our power back. Satan is raging out there. Y'all, he's using his out there. The deep state, the dark state, the shadow government, the cabal, the this, the that. Time for us to take back what God gave us dominion over. Remember, he said we are kings and priests. Amen. Hallelujah. Love you. But God love you more, as I said. See you tonight, if you can make it. If not, we're here tomorrow morning. At, well, tomorrow at 12 noon. Love you. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Make your affirmations.